Hey everybody, it's Ellie Mae. It's been a very long time, very long. Um, I can't even remember the last time I recorded. This is the Don't Tread on May podcast, and uh, it's been so long I probably had to look up the title to the name of it. Just kidding. Um, I had asked, uh, I think in March... For people to send me their stories of their experiences during um, coronavirus. And I, I can't even remember if that was during lockdown. I think that might have been at the beginning of lockdowns. But I had asked and I received a ton of stories and I haven't read them yet. And I'm actually thankful that I haven't because so much has happened since. Like we thought the lockdowns were insane. It feels like time traveling reading something that happened just a couple months ago because of all that has happened and just everything that has been going on, which I'm going to talk about all of that at some point, I hope, if I don't get too busy. But um, I want to talk about, you know, George Floyd, Minneapolis, uh, Portland, um, you know, everything that's been going on. It's such a long list, yet I can hardly... my. It's overwhelming to the mind. There's just so much that it almost paralyzes you from, you know, citing all the things that have happened. So, anyway, I, I did want to touch on all of those things and, you know, talk about the mask mandates and the controversies and the conflicts with all of the above. But today I did want to at least read one or two stories that you guys sent me and I'll progressively read more if I keep up with this hopefully I can actually today I was home sick I'm, I'm not like very sick but I had a couple COVID symptoms and so as I sniff my nose <laughs> um, I had a couple symptoms I woke up and actually was just well yesterday I was super fatigued and then I felt better last night And uh, I'm having sinus issues, which I have pretty bad allergies where I'm at, but I just, I I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to risk other people because I think one of the biggest fears for all of us is, and I know there's very strong opinions and mixed opinions about coronavirus and I have strong opinions about it as well, but it's still you know, no matter what your feeling is, if you pass it to your grandma or something, you know, you don't want to do that. It's a contagious thing. It exists. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of mixed numbers and information and there's just a bunch of crazy stuff in regards to it. But I still would prefer not to get it. So and pass it, especially, especially pass it. That's kind of the main thing. So I, I stayed home and I might get the test tomorrow. <laughs> Who knows if it'll be accurate if um, I get results back. But I'm not sure yet. It depends on if I feel better or not. Because I have a really swollen lymph node underneath my chin. Except for I don't know if that's a symptom at all. So, um, and I know several people in my area um, who have tested positive. And so, and we're pretty open here. Basically normal, actually. With um, the exception of pretty uh a pretty lax uh mask mandate you know the police basically said they won't enforce it so i'm actually very thankful i live where i live um and for the the freedom to kind of 
do things as normal. I think um, it's really helpful to be able to stay working. And um, I just, I don't know, I could go on about that. I guess I shouldn't yet. Um, but I'm, I am thankful. And yeah. So I hope I tied up all my loose ends. I know sometimes I go on little trails and then I never return to what I was, what a point I was making. So I hope I did. Anyway, okay, so I wanted to get to the first, and I haven't read these yet. I saved them so that I could read them and react in real time, because I think that's way more fun, and sometimes unpredictable, and maybe not the smartest idea, but at least we're not live, right? So I gotta find it, I gotta scroll. And actually, someone just sent me one in June. So June 29th, which I really appreciate that people are continuing to send me stuff. Okay. Because this was posted about in March. So, okay. So, let's see. And it's going to be really interesting to compare what we thought like a couple months ago versus now. So, I'm going to read just this first one from John. I have a couple Johns on here. Um, <coughs> no, a few Johns emailed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's just jump right in. Um, I felt like I was talking for so long, but it's only been five minutes. Okay. Which is good because, you know, I can talk. Y'all know. All right. John writes, I am retired, so I stay home normally. I go out when I need to for groceries and I don't mind voluntarily staying home. I resent and reject the government having any say at all over my freedom to go out if I want to and do as I please. The First Amendment says we have the right to peaceably assemble. That is not a situational right. I think it's unconstitutional, and I'm surprised by how easily they get compliance. We have become the sheeple, easily, control, easily controlled. Also, I think social distancing is another way to push us apart and make it easier for people to turn on one another, much like the Nazis did before they started killing Jews. Getting people to turn on their neighbor and ver to turn in their neighbor for various things. We need to be really careful about this. John made several good points in that. Actually, I want to touch on. Um, he said, you know, the First Amendment says we have the right to peace, peaceably assemble. That is not a situational right. Absolutely just a great point. It is not a situational right. And whether you agree or not, I mean, we have these rights. And like John said, it's not situational. However, this was, he sent this to me before, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests. Just to clarify, before I even touch on that, I am 100% for peaceful protests. And actually, in the beginning especially, I am empathetic towards the frustration and the rioting. Very empathetic. I understand. And I'll go into that at some point. Um, you know, and that was to my home. In the beginning. Like, I'm from the Minneapolis area. I lived right there for months and months. Not years. But that was in my, my using days. Anyway. But the point is, is I... And you can, you know, listeners will be like, Well, the media is lying and they're believing fake news. Okay, but that is still the reality that they see. People of all, you know colors, genders, whatever, you have to have some empathy towards and an open mind too. But 
empathy towards people who the media have created their reality. Like, that's what they know. And in some cases, it's not just the media who create it. There's some absolute valid frustration and obviously absolute insane anger, hurt, and pain over what they did to George Floyd. I, that goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, because obviously. But that'll be a whole nother topic on a whole nother thing, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I was really disappointed in some conservatives and how they reacted and some of the things that they decided to reshare that were absolutely just, it was really not a good look. And it's sad. And so, you know, we uh, talk about how we care so much about facts and we're so concerned because the liberals care so much about emotion. Okay, fair. We need to rely on facts. But human beings are not just purely logical. We have emotions. So when we completely ignore the emotional side of human beings... We're only speaking to half of the person and we're most likely if we're ignoring their emotional needs and their emotion, their emotions, we're closing the door to even having their heart to speak to it. If we're just insulting because, you know, oh, it's all facts, 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 facts. And there's a time for that, of course. But if that's just our rule of thumb, just to just beat people over the head with, quote, facts and just negate all emotion, humans don't work that way. <laughs> You know, that do you ever see a relationship that works when you just like you're in an argument and you're like just beating each other over the head with facts instead of, you know, acknowledging the emotional side of things? We have to realize that humans are more than just logical and liberals. It would do them a lot of good. I'm not trying to give them advice, but if they realize that there's more to people than emotion. However, if you have people's emotion... I mean, you can tell them anything, which is the problem we run into with the left, obviously. Big problem. Big problem. But conservatives need to do better, too. Big time. Big time. And stop ignoring emotions. In what other world or relationship do you just completely ignore emotion? Well, maybe some, you know, statistics. Like if you're studying statistics. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Relationship-wise, I guess. So that's a that's a major flaw I've really, really, really seen in all of this. And I know it's like, oh, don't give them an inch. Okay, and so you have to discern what cases that applies to. I get that with like if your stance on the mask is don't give them an inch. But that's not you don't just apply that to every single situation. Because when it comes to, you know, Black Lives Matter and things like that. There are times, there are people that you are just completely, you could get their ear if you would just take a second and be like, dang, you know, I I don't understand, but, you know, tell me more about it. Treat people like human, like your fellow human beings. It's not that hard. And talk to people online like you would in person. If you wouldn't say it in person, and I'm st- speaking to myself too, if you wouldn't say it in person, probably shut up. And I'm going to get to that point right now. Because John wrote, he thinks it's unconstitutional, da 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 we're so easily controlled. Okay, he wrote, also I think, quote, social distancing is another way to push us apart and make it easier for people to turn on one another. Absolutely. 
a hundred percent whether the social distance the so, so social distancing in this whole thing whether it's intended or not intended or whatever your beliefs are because we are in the situation that we are in we are just prime soil for the media and politicians to plant poison in our our relationships because what are we doing we are moving to technology for 90% of our communication now since we have to social distance. That's a made-up statistic. I don't know how much. But the point is, is we're moving to speaking to each other solely online. Thank God for FaceTime and all that so we can keep in touch with our relatives and whatnot. But when we aren't allowed to be with each other, I've seen friends have, best friends, have falling outs in the past couple months. And I guarantee, and it's, over what's going on in the world, like George Floyd and all, you know, Black Lives Matter and all these things. I've seen friends have falling outs, and I guarantee it's because they misunderstood stuff that was said or not said online. But if they were hanging out and not, quote, social distancing, those misunderstandings would never happen. This is the perfect opportunity. And I was talking to my, my husband actually was talking to me about it, saying this is the perfect opportunity for the media to drive us apart. This is like the prime time. So we have to, like John said, we have to be very careful about this stuff and not lose our humanity because I'm seeing that everywhere. And I mean, geez, talk about losing humanity. These riots of Antifa and just unhinged, animalistic, lunatic behavior. So I said I had empathy for the riots over George Floyd. I have zero empathy for Antifa. Zero. Obviously, you should know that if you know anything about me. But that'll be another that'll be another episode. Um, my leg is asleep right now, and I'm suffering for you guys because I love you so much and I miss you all. Sorry, I have to stretch it. I'm sitting on the floor. Um, not that you care. So great points, John. I really, really really appreciate your thoughts on that and I completely agree and it's amazing almost you almost had prophetic words here um because you're right you know we are being driven away from each other even more because we're not fellowshipping with each other we're not seeing each other in person absolutely horrible horrible again I have a lot of thoughts on all of this so if I don't say everything that I'm thinking right now tune in next time and I'll probably elaborate or clarify or anything like that um, okay, so let's go to another one. Let's just do one more for today, and then I've got so many here. Um, okay, I'm just gonna pick a random one. Ah, I'm scared. Okay, oh, this is a short one. Oh, no, this is not good. Okay, um, this is from, I don't know if he wants me to use his name. I'm not going to. So, his, uh, Submission goes like this. Hi, I'm glad to see you're active again. My last three months have been terrible. This is on April 8th, by the way. My fiance broke up with me. My truck has broke down and I'm having terrible health problems before this pandemic happened. And now that we're all in quarantine, it's harder to see a doctor if it's not about coronavirus. I hope you're doing well. And that's a whole nother issue, guys. And we all know it. I don't need to repeat all this. But... That was the whole confusing thing about the hospitals being overrun and then people were too scared to go to the hospitals and then people weren't getting surgeries because they weren't, quote, essential and all these horrible things. So our prayers are for you. I hope you're doing better by now. 
it's July, almost August. Gosh, time flies. Um, excuse me. But yeah, I really hope things changed. I hope you're in a state that, you know, gave you access to see your doctor. I mean, that's just crazy. So I think I'm going to wait on the, the rest of the stories. We don't need to go so much into Corona talk. I mean, we're living it every day. It's all we hear. Um, I was actually going to play some Thomas Sowell or some Milton Freeman to give you guys a break and actually hear some, you know, nice, well thought out thinking. Maybe I'll find something right now. Um, so one more thing I'll just say, um, I, uh, saved some tweets that I thought were relevant back in March or April that I thought were kind of like historic. Um, I'm going to read those really quick. I'm going to play this Milton Friedman. Um, after, or actually, sorry, we'll save Milton for next time and Thomas for next time. And speaking of Thomas Sowell, if, and Milton Friedman, actually, if you have not watched Uncle Tom, I recommend a million bajillion, you know, a a lot of people know a lot of, um, kind of what that documentary is saying, but it goes beyond what you're expecting. The perspectives are vital it is so good to watch. Please, 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 please watch it. Um, I, I feel like I could know everything I could know about um, kind of those topics. And I even was like loving it. Uh, my husband and I watched it twice, actually. So, um, okay. So the relevant tweets that I found or that I uh, saved or sent to myself. So one of them was, I ha- there's a local church here, and I just thought it was absolutely wonderful. They did um, church on the roof. They have a big church, and the parking lot was full, and they did praise and worship on the roof. And that is just such a good example of God using a bad situation for good because people are driving by seeing just the goodness that is coming out um, from worship. And, you know, it's just, it was so beautiful. And I posted some stuff on my social media if you ever want to see it. But it is just wonderful. And, uh, yeah, that's Victory Church here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Just seriously amazing. Honking for Jesus in the parking lot and everything. It's just very impactful to see that on a rooftop. And proclaiming Jesus on a rooftop is pretty cool. Okay, so, yeah, again, I just love how innovative people get. When there's, like, bad circumstances and how, you know, how well we adapt. Really quite interesting. Okay, so I found this. This is where I'm going to wrap up because this could go down a major rabbit hole. And I don't want to do that. Even though I kind of do want to do that. So, um, let's see. Last week or two weeks ago, I don't know who posted something about Pizzagate or, you know, just about the pedophiles in the high-ranking areas. Um, and like, so I feel like I know about every conspiracy, so it doesn't interest me as much anymore because I'm just like, yeah, it's happening. Nothing's being done. Okay. Like, what do we do? Okay. It, I mean, not that it doesn't interest me. It's just like, it's heartbreaking and frustrating that there's, you just feel powerless except for prayer, but it's still just, you know, so I don't know. Someone posted something about Pizzagate. And I, for some reason, decided to, like, watch this documentary. It was done by um, Mouthy Buddha, 
on Twitter. He's at Mouthy Buddha. Um, And he takes a very objective approach to this. Um, Some of his videos I haven't watched, but they seem kind of out there. But his approach to... um, Sorry, I was making sure I was still recording. His approach to everything really is very objective. He lays out the facts. He doesn't sound he's he's not a fringe conspiracy conspiracy person. Um, he just lays things out and says, okay, these dots look really shady. Connect them if you want. Don't connect them if you don't want. It might look bad. It might look fine. It might look innocent. But this is what I found, and this is what led to this, and this led to this, and these people are connected, and this person is connected, and this kid was trafficked, and you know how does it all relate? Does it relate? So I really appreciate objective, just like reporting that isn't, you know, obviously he's biased, but his reporting is just laying stuff out and then connect the dots if you want. So I watched that and it was so disturbing, um, even if, and I completely believe, uh, like if you watch it, it's, you have to be crazier not to believe than <laughs> to believe. So, but, um, yeah, I could go on so many tangents right now. I'm trying to rein it in. So long story short, there's some incriminating um, things about Tom Hanks that aren't like I have no idea personally. Don't even know if I care so much. Like I care if he's a horrible pedophile, obviously, but I'm not like, oh, my gosh, you know, like let's take down Tom Hanks. I'm just waiting to see more and whatever. So because there is there's so many fringe people and some half the time I feel like they're right, but I just like to be careful. So anyway. One of the tweets I sent myself was a Tom Hanks uh, tweet. It's just so funny. So he uh, he takes pictures of missing gloves on the street, and people, like, use that as a sign that he's, like, some horrible monster, which, by the way, it very well could. I don't care either way. But, guys, I take pictures of missing shoes all the time. I have a collection of single black shoes that are just randomly on the highway because it's so bizarre and so I totally get taking pictures of bizarre things like that I have literal pictures on pictures on pictures of just a missing black shoe just sitting in the street or on the highway I'm like what happened why is there one black shoe that is thrown out the window on a highway this makes no sense and so anyway one of his missing glove photos um actually kind of highlighted a code that led to um the revelation of a lot of things within um yandex and the wayfair um possible situation um so and people are mm, trying to rein it in it's okay i could go on but i'm not going to so i just thought that was really funny that months ago i wouldn't think anything about a tom hanks um a picture of a miss a medical glove in the trash can and now I'm like whoa well well hmm, let me look at this <laughs> um but yeah uh another tweet was about the day that everything felt like it changed and I remember this day vividly um it said if you had to pick a day when everything changed it's March 11th the president gave a speech he gave a speech on like updating about coronavirus like for the first time uh, markets plunged as he spoke. We learned Tom Hanks tested positive. The NBA played its last games within days. Other leagues and schools shut down March 11th, three weeks ago today. That's what the tweet said. And I remember hearing about all the NBA players just like getting uh, positive, positive, corona, corona, corona. And that was just so surreal because with all past pa- pandemics and stuff, like 
you know, we've been through a bunch, but you don't hear about all these celebrities and all these athletes being positive. So that was just kind of freaky. But anyway, I'm going to wrap that up. Um, wrap this up. And I really, sorry if I kind of got fragmented at the end. I love you guys. And keep a level head out there. Please give people the benefit, some people, the benefit of the doubt. Have empathy. Try to see the other side so that we can understand our side better. So that we can come up with actual practical solutions for the horrible things that are going on in the world right now. Um, we need to be the side of solutions. Sunny Johnson talks about it all the time. She talks about that we need to have solutions. We can't just say, oh, the Democrats are bad. The Democrats are this. They already think Republicans are bad. So once they realize the Democrats are bad too, where, where does that leave them? They're like, okay, so who do we choose then? We have to show them that we have solutions, that we offer solutions to help you know, conservative solutions. We have to lay them out. Free market principles, capitalism, being an entrepreneur, financial freedom, independence, freedom, 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 freedom. We have to lay these things out in a practical way so that it shows people that this is truly the answer um, for freedom and, you know, just the cure to so many things. So we can talk about all that in the future. I love you guys. Don't tread on May. Talk to you later. Bye.